listening to the Hometown Losers, the St. Louis Sports Podcast, with Josh, Adam, and OJ. Hey everybody, welcome back here to the Hometown Losers Podcast, uh, session number 31. I'm joined, as always, here by my co-host, Adam and OJ. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing great. Glad to be back. Uh, we survived, uh, you know, the trade trade deadline and uh, excited to talk about that. How's it going for you, OJ? Oh, I'm doing well. Glad to hear it. Yeah, very good to hear it from you guys here. Um, obviously, a lot has transpired in the Redbird space, um, and that's probably what we're going to prob- uh, you know, primarily talk about today. Uh, getting just going straight into it here and taking a look at it, just to give an update on where the Cardinals stand. Uh, they're 48 and 61, <laughs> uh, which is 10 and a half back in the central 25th in all of MLB 13th in the NL out of 15. And they are 10 games back in the wild card. So obviously at this point, we know and we've known for a while that this team is not going anywhere, uh, in the postseason and stuff like that. Um, Lots of trades happened. We had four uh, major trades. We actually technically had a fifth one with Yenis Cabrera going, uh, I think it was like three weeks before the trade deadline or two weeks before the trade deadline. Um, but that one's kind of old news. So, so we'll just talk a little bit about the uh, the trades that were happening here more recently uh, around the trade deadline. Uh, so getting into it here. Um, Let's take a look here. Uh, so the first one I have on my board here is the Rangers uh, made a trade with us for Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton. Um, and we got infielder Thomas Saggis, uh, right-handed pitcher. It's to, uh, Tikoa Roby and then a left-handed pitcher and John King. Gentlemen, what's your thought process so far mm. on that trade? I mean, I mean, for me, I feel that while we did add a little bit of depth, I feel that we really just, um, I don't know. These guys just feel like they need a lot of development. Um, I just felt like it just really left room for improvement. You know, I just, honestly, these guys like John King, I was looking into him. He's a 28 year old left-handed reliever. What's up? And 28 years old already. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Okay. And the fact is, is that he, he really has a lot of room for improvement, honestly. So I'm not really thrilled by him at all. <laughs> I mean, considering what we had to give up for him. So it is, you know, it is what it is. And then for, as far as this Ruby and Sagis guy, they're just kind of middle of the road prospects, honestly. And I feel like, honestly, it's something that, you know, we could probably develop ourselves more than likely, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think OJ, what's I your think... thoughts? Oh, sorry, Adam. No, I'm good. I'm not thrilled by this. I mean, I think they did a pretty good job with it actually, because what what makes what what makes judging prospects hard is the lack of information and all that. But mm-hmm. what I read about Roby, for instance, is that he's a legitimate prospect. Like people had, say he's got like four plus pitches, I think it was. So he projects to be like the real the concern with him is injuries, which he had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got, he had something with a shoulder this year and then two years ago he had a forearm strain or some, or it's the other way around. I forget, but 
he did have I believe he did pitch all year last year. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. But anyway, the point is that if he can avoid being hurt, which is you could say that for any pitcher, uh, but if he can avoid being hurt, he has legitimate stuff. So he's actually a pretty good prospect. Uh, and then Sagizi also, that's the guy that they were saying uh, they kind of reminded them of Brendan Donovan a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. So he's a, mm-hmm. he's an infielder, essentially. He can play multiple positions, but and he also has been raking at every level of the minors uh, with like healthy on base and stuff like that. So well, it's like he actually seems like he might be just a really good position player, even though we don't need that. He probably is valuable in a trade at the very least. Um, I believe they assigned both of those guys to triple A this season or when they got them, I mean. So they should yeah, be I think so. trying to get them I think- ready next year, but. Yeah, for, for some, I think Saggies is still in double A, but I could be wrong. Okay, maybe they didn't up him, but I'm pretty sure a couple of the guys they got they boosted. But for sure, for sure, the point is that they're both legitimate prospects that could definitely help the team and are definitely good ammunition for any potential offseason trades. Uh, so I think they did well with those two. And then King is just a guy to fill out your bullpen for the rest of the year. So yeah, I'm not really, I don't think that, I think they got two good prospects back for uh, expiring contracts. And that's, uh, that's pretty good. So, yeah. And to your point, OJ, that's the only thing that I look at this in the positive. If, if you're asking my opinion, right. Is one that, we got some prospects potentially for the future that don't seem necessarily as bad what was originally kind of presented. But the fact is that we also got something for expiring contracts, which is the, the biggest, biggest point of it, right? I actually have a lot of uh, statistics uh, here I'll go through real quick. So Thomas Aggies uh, plays primarily shortstop. However, as you said, OJ, he is kind of like a Brandon Donovan, plays all over the field. He was drafted in 2020 in the fifth round. He's 21 years old. He's played in 95 games this season, 175 hits, 16 home runs, 79 RBIs, 98 strikeouts, which all looks really good. He's batting uh, at 313, which is also pretty good on base uh, at 379 and slugging at 512. This is the one thing that kind of concerns me a little bit is that his fielding percentage is actually at 968 in, in AAA and AA combined. So uh, to me, I think that that is is something that we'll need to kind of look at. Obviously, we can develop that, but obviously we're really struggling with that right now this season as well Mm -hmm. with our fielding percentage. Um, Roby was uh, drafted in 2020 in the third round. He's 21 years old. Uh, He has started 10 games. He's 2-3, and 505 on his ERA at the AA level. Um, 46.1 innings pitched, uh, out of those 10, uh, 10 starts. So, you know, it's 4.6, uh, innings per game. Uh, he's walked 12, 50 strikeouts, which is good. That's decent. Uh, but he is, uh, batting average against him is 279 and he's got a whip of one, three, two, which that whip is not necessarily terrible, but it's not like ideal. And then as you said, OJ, you now we're talking about John King, who's just going to be like the guy that was going to throw in our bullpen. Uh, John King was drafted originally in 2017 in the 10th round. He's a 28-year-old pitcher. He has four years of MLB experience in 16 outings. This year, he's 1-1 one one with a 5.79 ERA. He's got two holds. He's blown two saves. Uh, he's pitched in 18.2 innings, uh, given up 26 hits, 12 runs, four walks, 10 strikeouts. 
Um, batting average against them is 342. Uh, and he has a whip of 161. So I don't believe that John King will be on this team next year. Oh, uh, when you take not, a look Jesus. at this. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to rebuild our bullpen. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't care if he's a lefty. He's not. Uh, his balls don't miss a lot of bats. If yeah, you know apparently what I mean. not. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, to me, um, you know, that's the only saving grace is what I said a little earlier that, you know, we knew that Jordan Montgomery was not going to be on this team probably next year uh, as it was an expiring contract. Maybe we can pick him up, but he's probably going to be too much for what Mo is willing to spend. We'll talk a little bit that uh, about that a little bit later. Uh, Chris Rand, I was kind of sad to see you leave, even though he's kind of had like an up and down season. He's kind of one of those guys that can eat up some endings for for you. You know what I mean? So, you know, it is what it is at this point, but. I was kind of sad to see uh, Stratton leave. Obviously, in Jordan Montgomery because I felt like he's been our most consistent pitcher this year. But... Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. No, I didn't realize it, but he's he's thirty now, so I see. Yeah, Montgomery, three-year-old Boris client, so he's gonna be wanting to yeah. he's gonna be wanting a contract till he's forty that pays him. Yeah, bench him out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. And that was one of the things that came into it that it's like, okay, he's most likely not going to be with the Cardinals next year because of. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Just, Absolutely. Yeah. This would have been nice if we could have got a little more for the but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the second trade here. The Orioles get Jack Flaherty. Uh, we get infielder Cesar uh, Pierto and a left-handed pitcher drew Rom. I'll just go through it real quick in the analysis and I'll ask you guys about this. So, uh, uh, Pietro, I'm just going to say Caesar because I don't know if I'm actually pronouncing his last name correctly or not, but Caesar Perito. is four years old. Perito? I'm Is assuming. Perito. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's 24 years old, plays mostly shortstop again, but also has played all over the field in 85 games played this season. He's got 117 hits, six home runs, 49 RBIs, uh, 23 walks, which shows a lot of patience and only 27 strikeouts compared to those 23 walks. Uh, average 349, which is very good on base percentage 393 and slugging at 475. So it did very well. The one thing, again, that kind of concerns me is fielding percentage is 970 this year. Yeah. Um, and that's what a lot of people said on his like prospect card was that his fielding is not the cleanest. So hopefully the Cardinals can get him to be better at small ball. And take a look at uh, Drew Rom, originally drafted in 18, around four. He's 22 years old. He has 18 games started this season. He's seven and six in his record, 534 on ERA, 86 innings pitch. He's given up 100 hits, uh, 51 earned runs, 46 walks, 100 strikeouts, which is very good. But again, giving up 100 hits in that 291 average and a whip of 1.7. So that shows you that, you know, not necessarily is he giving up all these hits, which it's kind of weird because he's got 100 hits, but with a whip uh, and the average kind of, you know, shows that he is walking a lot more. Yeah, what is probably a little higher. So, OJ, I'm going to start with you on this one. What's your thoughts on this trade for Jack Flaherty? We knew that obviously another expiring contract that we were going to have to offload. But what's your your analysis on this trade? Uh, to me, it, this one was kind of a little lighter than I expected. But then I thought about mm -hmm. injury history and all, and he's also on an expiring yeah. contract, and so and like he's had a rough couple of years. So I can see why we would get less. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Rom's probably more like a bullpen arm, maybe. I I honestly think that's kind of what they're thinking with some of these guys is like maybe mm -hmm. bullpen because their stuff will play up there, and you know that's fine. I mean, because they do need to rework their bullpen because it was awful this year. Yes, it has Agreed. been. So far. 
I should say. Pitching in general has been so bad this year for us. But okay. yeah, I mean, the bullpen is just that O'Day is also the, just part. Well, yeah, the staff kind of picked it up outside of uh, Libertor and Wainwright. <laughs> I guess, you know, two-fifths two of your rotation being just awful. Like unplayable isn't very good, right? It really, it, it really <laughs> overshadows it, it like a decent outing, not like because you have to have a stellar outing for it to be like, oh, you okay? They, hey, this pitcher's doing really well, <laughs> you know, like because most of it's just like clouded with all this crap. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But anyway, so I think the some of these guys, like you know, I could see them doing that. I don't really get the Prieto move. I think there's something, mm-hmm. something I probably don't know about him. That's <laughs> Uh, well, that's the problem is that we don't really know a lot about him because honestly, you know, Orioles never really had to you know play him with their depth or whatever. So he just sat down in the minors primarily, I think. And yeah. he's a guy that came from uh, from Cuba as well. So you don't mm-hmm. have a lot of those like you know, mm-hmm. like the college rankings, high school rankings, yeah. all that stuff too. And we don't really just know much. free agent. Right. Yeah, that's the problem. If you look at his numbers, they are kind of interesting. He basically doesn't strike out. He walks mm-hmm. a healthy amount, so he has a nice mm-hmm. on-base percentage. Mm-hmm. So like somebody that puts the ball in play a lot, but also doesn't strike out and takes walks. Like, I don't know. Never I mean, Donovan. the main thing I hear about him is he's pretty light hitting. So he's, he yeah, he runs. is. But yeah. uh, it'd be nice to have a nice lefty on our on our uh, you know in our lineup for sure. But that's unfortunate. I don't think he he definitely will lack that. You know. Like you said, the uh, the power for sure, but he does have uh, good, um, you know, uh, uh, he's very good as far as when it comes to uh, being the bat on the ball. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. If and... I want to say, yeah, I don't know what they see in him exactly because he's also 24 in Triple A. Mm-hmm. So it's like good age, exactly. level, but he's getting to the point where he needs to like get to the majors or he's gonna bust. So. For sure. And he just got to AAA this season, too. So oh, really? they, they, they say that, that, yeah, the projection track is that he'd be like 26, 27 before he potentially could make a major league start. Oof. And that is a little concerning. Uh, yeah, that's very concerning. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to be 27 and just breaking into the majors, damn. Uh, that, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's not exactly like what I want to see, but especially, you know, if we got to wait a few years before we see any real progress here, but. Yeah, but it, it, at the same point, Joel going, OJ. If he's so really, you know, the way prospects go through the minors nowadays, they don't spend more than a year in AAA usually. That's usually for guys that are tuning up. Or if you have a guy like Prieto, if he gets to like 25, 26, and he's still stuck in the minors, then he's either going to get traded or he's going to be let go. Like he's not going to debut in the majors if he has to wait that long, is my point. Yeah. So, so I'm just saying that's what they were talking about with the development that he needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there must be some qualities got down to see. Cause like the, you know, the Roby guy, you know, that I've heard people say he's got four plus pitches and one that they think could be plus plus. So he sounds like a complete stud, but he's got like a five ERA. Now part of it's he's exactly injury. He's dealt with injury this season. So that could be a lot of it, but like, his numbers, if you just look at the stats, don't look anything special. But that's what that's why it's hard with prospects if you can't watch them, you know. Exactly. One uh, one thing too, you didn't mention him, but we also got to this trade with Zach Schulter as well. 
who was apparently a 11th round draft pick out of Florida high, uh, Florida, apparently. Yeah. Um, two oh, we did. Clear. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently he oh, showed yeah. some promise with a fastball reaching up to 94 miles an hour. Limited. He was a two-way experience. player. If I remember correctly. As yeah. Well. Um, yeah, but mostly focused very on very limited pro- spare, professional experience though. Only 30 innings pitched so far, but he lo- apparently Cardinals are viewing him as a low level flyer in this deal. They might be able to develop into a valuable asset down the road. Just to, anyway, I'm, just thought I'd throw his name out there. Yeah. No, no, no. That's right. actually really important. Yeah. That's actually really important because uh, that was like probably, he probably is the main piece of this trade. I completely yeah. forgot about it because we got sidetracked talking about the other two. But this guy is in high A. And I actually, I know I read somewhere somebody said he had like 98 or something like that as a 19 year. Gotcha. I mean, he was the 11th round draft pick. So, I mean, yeah. well, he, he's got some talent. So, he doesn't even have an evaluate, like a prospect eval on fan graphs. Like, they'll yeah, because the, he was drafted this past season. Our first round, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so they, they give him a future value after a couple of years? Because I don't know. They have. Oh, is that what it is? League. Oh yeah, in 2023. So he's been playing. I would have would have expected him to have some kind of grade, but that's all right. My main point is like he has some really good heat already as like a 19 year old. Mm-hmm. So people are a uh, 6'2", 195 pounder. <laughs> so he's kind Jesus. of Jesus. Yeah. So once he puts on some muscle, you know, get, teach him to pitch a little bit, you know, could be a pretty good prospect. So. Sure. And he could definitely be more of that replacement for Jordan Hicks as well. You know what I mean? Because obviously that's uh, we'll talk about the Hicks trade here in just a little bit. But yeah. That's kind of what I potentially see him being. If especially if he's going to be able to throw, he'd just be a flamethrower, you know, putting towards yeah. the end of the bullpen and go from there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I really think Showalter, you know, if five years down the line, we might be like, well, that's the best piece of this entire trade. So, right. I definitely need to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, I just for whatever reason, I guess it didn't show up on up my uh like on the what I was going off of when I was like writing everything out. Yeah, because I, I'm like, I oh, happened to catch the, that. I was like, oh yeah. When the so, trade the yeah. When trade was first announced, they didn't mention him. It was only the other yeah. two remember that. I I yeah. saw people like, oh, also we get got this guy's actual. We also got him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure, yeah, because I saw him on e- like on the article for like ESPN Plus, but when I was writing this on my PC and like writing down the statistics and stuff like that, it wasn't like I didn't have ES Plus like or ESPN Plus signed in. I'm like, I screwed. I'm not gonna worry about it. So I think I got it like off of like CBS. So that yeah. would you know, to explain it, OJ. Yeah, because I was like, wait, hold on. Like I'm like, I don't remember this guy at all. And then I look at it and like I have the uh, ESPN uh, Plus, you know, pulled up on um my the app on my phone. I'm like, wait, Oh yeah. I forgot about you. Uh, he was the two way player. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the next one here. Um, so the blue Jays actually got two different trades. Uh, uh, I don't know why they didn't package this, but you know, it was kind of an interesting one, but so, uh, cause I've got hurt or not. Sorry. Uh, the blue Jays shortstop got hurt after, we, they made the first. Oh, uh, Bo Bichette or whatever his name is. Yeah. 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 So then they just yeah. they needed a stopgap. So yeah. We know DeYoung. Yeah, because he banged up his knee, I think. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So Paul DeYoung is gone uh, to the Blue Jays, and we got Matt Svonson. It's not yeah, Swanson. With a V. S V A N. Yeah. S V A N S O N. Svonson. Svonson, if you want, I'm sure it's. <laughs> I'm sure. sure everyone calls him Swanson. 
Yeah. Swanson. No, it's not. Uh, uh, Swanson. You know, multiple coaches have called him Swanson. <laughs> oh, you know it, man. Um, so take a look at uh, Swanson. He was drafted in 21 and 13th round. He's 24 years old, a relief pitcher uh, in 26 games this season. He's got an ERA, or excuse me, well, an ERA of 1.11, which is pretty yeah, good. Wow. Uh, one record as well. Uh, he's got two holes, six saves, uh, 32.1 innings pitched, uh, 11 walks, 39 strikeouts, an average against him of 167 and a whip of 0.93. So looking much better than some of the other uh, people that we've gotten here. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of okay with this, especially with, you know, DeYoung ain't going to be on this team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He needed to go He's for sure. contract anyways. I uh, kind of had a little bit of a resurgence this year, but we know Mason wins coming and it's going to be a very loaded infield. Right. For sure. Yeah. Makes sense. The problem I think with- I'm good with this trade, honestly, overall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the problem with this guy is he's 24 in high A. Well, now, actually, no, the Cardinals did assign him to double A. Yeah, what I heard is he could, he seems like somebody that can move pretty fast through the system. Mm-hmm. So they, he probably will, he's a guy that maybe could help him next season, potentially in like a bullpen role, something like that. But yeah, I'm, if he is still, he's 24 and in high A, just so. Yeah. <laughs> we know about that. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I like that. Here. Yeah. And let's see. Am I missing somebody? That's not all the trades, is it? No, Mason Wynn. No, well. there's one more here. Uh, and no, we didn't trade for Mason Wynn. No. Uh, no. So the last one we uh, we did was the Blues Jays got Jordan Hicks, uh, and we got uh, in a seam yeah. Robers, and we also got uh, Adam Klofenstein. Uh, um, both of those yeah, guys are right-handed pitchers. Um. So take a look at it here. Um, Seam uh, Robers, he's from the Netherlands, so it's Seam. It's S-E-M. He's 21 years old. Uh, he's uh, pitched – or no, excuse me. Yeah, so he's pitched in tw- – uh, I can't remember. No, he is a starting pitcher. So it's 18 games uh, pitched. Uh, he has a 3-5 and five record, of uh, 4.06 ERA, 88.2 innings pitched, 71 hits given up, 14 home runs given up. 13 walk or 33 walks, 86 strikeouts, uh, an average of 213, so 213 on average, and a whip of 117, which is pretty good. And for whatever reason, I could like the 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 statistics of what I was trying to look up for Kofenstein wouldn't pull up. Uh, might be able to do that right now, but uh, it sounded like somebody was going to say something while well, I tried to look this guy up real quick. No, no, not me. So, like, again, this was an interesting one. Um, you know, we know that Jordan Hicks has had – yeah, see, now it pulled up. For whatever reason, it wasn't pulling up for me before. Um, but Jordan Hicks has had an up-and-down season all year. Um, so it's it's nice that we got something for him. But, you know, Jordan Hicks is going to be hard to replace in that bullpen because of the fact that he's just such a, you know, a flamethrower, right? Um, if I can get this stupid ad that's taken up my entire screen to go away, even though I've hit this stupid X like 90 times. Uh, anyways, so let's take a look at what uh, Klopfenstein has done this year so far. Uh, he has, God, this is so annoying. Um, he has, okay, started in 17 games. So he's uh, he started in 17 games. He's five and five in those games, 3.24 in ERA. Uh, he's actually got one complete game, which is pretty impressive, especially in the double A. Uh, it's 89 innings pitched, uh, 79 hits given up. 
32 runs, 34 walks, 105 strikeouts, um, in an average of 236 against them and a whip of 1.27. So that's also not bad, honestly. So both yeah. those pitchers don't seem bad. This guy's got some pretty good uh, strikeout numbers on him. Actually, it's yeah. uh, only 7% strikeouts to 8.9% walks. So that's pretty good. Uh, and what I really like about him is that he's 22 in double A. He was in, he was 21 in double A last year. You know, he's repeating the, the year. Keith Law said he really doesn't like him as a prospect because of that. But if you look at his ERA, FIP, and XFIP from the previous seasons, like all of a sudden it's much lower. Like it seems like he's made big improvements or he figured something out. So I think Keith Law might be underrating him a little bit because, I mean, dude can't go watch every prospect all the time. I think he's wrong about this one. Yeah. Well, and also, too, he got drafted out of high school, it looks like. So because he got drafted in 2018 – um and uh he was the third uh, the third over uh third round and 88th overall so you mean like Toronto saw something in him for sure um I don't know where he was at on the board so to speak for the 2018 draft but he's obviously you know been developing for quite a while so I think that that is uh, a good sign for uh for us you know what I mean uh in in a sense for it yeah absolutely Adam, hey. what's your thoughts here on the Hicks trade yeah, I think uh, looking at the stats here, you know, I think we actually walked away here pretty decently overall. You know, um, obviously we were looking to benefit from, you know, Hicks' recent success. And I think that he, that definitely helped us get a better trade in with, you know, with some of these these prospects. So, um, honestly, this Klofenstein overall, he's had a pretty impressive uh, – pretty impressive start wow i mean looking over i mean he had a kind of a rough 2022 but he's kind of rebounded since so honestly i think if he you know stays healthy you know i agree with uh, oj he might be you know well on his way to be making a debut pretty soon yeah and oj you brought that up really well that he he had to have figured something out here because like he's done a pretty good job uh, of again at least this year his numbers look pretty damn good Mm -hmm. so yeah. They really do. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed with them. And then as far as this, uh, uh, who was the other guy? I think it was reverse reverse. Yeah. yeah. The righty looking yeah. at him and reverse. Yeah. I mean, he's not as talented. It looks like yet. Um, you know, he had a little higher ERA looks like 4.06 ERA at 18 starts. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, no, Roberts is kind of interesting to me as well because uh, I read a little article about him. Apparently, he's like he's one of the has one of the more old school kind of ways that he's brought up, where his father wouldn't let him throw a curveball until he was like seventeen. So, oh, really? <laughs> wow. Let him throw any breaking stuff because he said he wanted him to learn to pitch. So oh. I guess until he was seventeen, he was just fastball changeup or something like that. He wanted him to change speeds and locations and work it and all that. So huh. sounds like he's been learning to actually pitch pitch from a young age. So he's a uh, kind of interesting in that regard. Um, you could see him potentially developing pretty quickly. Uh, and Klaffenstein, no, 
no, from what I read, he's got just no gas, but he's got a million pitches that break and he can like control how much they all break and stuff like that. So it's kind of another interesting one. I feel like they yeah. got a lot of interesting prospects. We did. And it's that interesting. Obviously most of this is very pitching heavy for sure. And uh, where we felt like we knew we really were struggling more than anything. So, yeah, exactly. We got a lot of interesting pitch prospects, but a lot of interesting yeah. pitching prospects, more importantly. Yeah, for sure. So, so that'll be, that'll be interesting, you know, going forward the next, you know, few years down the, down the line, see as, as yeah. they develop. So, yeah, I'm hopeful. You'll probably see some yeah. of the prospects we got next year. I'm willing to yeah. bet. Some of them. Couple well, of them. I, I would imagine so because of what we've had to offload and what we're going to have to like do to fill those <laughs> yeah. spots. We're going to have some, you know I mean? some serious gaps there for sure. We're going to need to put at least a few of them in the bullpen for sure. So yeah, exactly. at, least give them a, at least give them a shot, you know. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at uh, some of the trade reviews here. So these are going to be done by some of the uh, ESPN writers. Um, mm-hmm. The first one that we're going to have here is the Jack Flaherty trade with the Orioles. Um, I'm not going to sure. read the or I'm, I'll read our grade. Um, I'll just say what the grade was for the other team. So they believe that the Orioles got an A minus for this. Um, our grade was a flat C. Mm. Uh, so what they said is Pietro is a, is kind of an unknown as a prospect since the Orioles are so loaded with infielders, but he's hitting 349, 393, 475 between double A and triple A. He's got exceptional bat to bat uh, or ball, bat to ball skill with a 7.4 strikeout rate, but do- also doesn't ha- uh, walk much and doesn't have much power. He does hit left handed, which is a nice positive. But probably uh, projects as utility player, uh, utility player, potentially a good one, and potentially a little better uh, than that thanks to his contact ability. Rom has been hit hard in AAA with 100 hits and 46 walks and 86 innings, and is what you might describe as a crafty lefty. Uh, those numbers are pretty uh, are pretty rough numbers, but the Cardinals are simply collecting starting pitching uh, prospects who are close to the majors to give them as much potential uh, depth as possible for next year and hope a couple of them click. Show Walter, not uh, related to the Mets manager, uh, was a uh, was an 11th round pick last year out of uh, Florida High School. He has 30 pro innings under his belt. He ha- was a two-way player in high school and a good athlete hitting up to 94, but he has some good early numbers and looks like the kind of low-level flyer you take as a throw-in and these types of deals. That was by uh, David Schofield. Um, so what do you guys have thought process on this to me when I take a look at this and I'm going to be honest, like for the Flaherty deal specifically, I definitely thought it was a little light, um, mm-hmm. Agreed. It, 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 for me. And I don't think that necessarily like it was a, for me, I, I don't think this was really a C, uh, C. I think this was closer to a C minus or a D plus if I have to grade it. Um, yes. Like some of the like numbers don't look bad. You can kind of get excited about them. But at the same time, like for Jack Flaherty, who we know that he's been all over the board with injuries, but he had almost a Cy Young half a season. You know what yeah. I mean? And he's had a strong season for sure. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and um, you know, but and also what everyone keeps saying is that that the center point, a uh, centerpiece of this trade was Pietro, which I'm like, why would we need another infielder? That's the thing that kills me right now. Is like we don't need infielders. We need outfielders, and we need pitching. Were they? Um, were they looking at him from a, as far as you know from a from a batting perspective? Is that what they were looking at? 
because obviously when it comes certain, from, from his defensive saying. skills are not the greatest. So, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what so, I'm saying. So I, I'm not terribly too certain, but everyone keeps saying that this is the first name in the crate, um, which is meaning the the biggest piece that the Orioles were given up. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not like I think so. knocking my knock my socks off by this at all. But go ahead, sorry. <clears throat> oh, I'm saying some of it's just about getting value too, because you can always flip them again in the off season. Because I mean, exactly. I want to get rid of one of Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carlson, because they basically are going to roll with Walker in right, Newt Bar in center, and then one of Carlson, O'Neill in left. That's what it seems like they want to do. So they're going to trade outfielder yet. Uh, I guess they already got rid of DeYoung, but they got so they could make more deals in the offseason, and some of these guys like a Prieto could be extra ammunition for that. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, that's what it could be, but we don't, we just don't know what it is going to be. So you almost have to kind of assume that no maids, uh, no trades are going to be made. But it's hard to do that because, in, like, this team is just really loaded in certain positions and we're really deficient in others. Mm-hmm. So you would imagine that, you know, Mo, um, it, he's got to make some moves to be balanced. balanced yeah. 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 I mean, right uh, now, our position players are absolutely fine. We don't need to trade any of them. Or we don't need to add to that, is what I'm saying. So that's why to right, me, it's yeah. like this guy's in. Yeah, that's why I was happy to see, you know, hey, we're going towards pitching. And that was a lot of their focus, which was great. Yeah. And I mean, if you really think this Sagizi guy can be Donovan like, if he shows you he is, then you can add, you can trade him or Donovan even, because you know, Brendan Donovan is really valuable to us. Oh, adopt. hell yeah, he is right now. So, I mean, if you really are confident in him, you could maybe even get a huge return for Donovan if you wanted to go crazy, you know? (laughs) Right. uh, So, I mean, that's kind of what it seems like. It it just gives you some versatility, help you make moves in the future. Let's take a look here at uh, the second trade that was graded uh, on ESPN. Uh, This was the, uh, the Paul DeYoung trade. So the Blue Jays got a grade of an A and the Cardinals got a C. So it says that, yes, that spelling is correct. It's Sponson with a V, a 13th round pick out of lay in 2021. I know. Uh, the right-hander has transitioned full-time to the bullpen this season and crushed Class A with a 1.11 ERA in 32 and one-third innings. Baseball America didn't have Sponson in the top 30 uh, Blue Jay prospects in, in its middle season update. The Cardinals like Svonson enough to assign him to double A where we'll find out if he's a legitimate prospect. But maybe the exciting aspect of this deal for the Cardinals is the potential call-up of Mason Wynn, uh, the 21, uh, 21-year-old uh, shortstop with a rocket of an arm who is hitting 284, 356, and 467 with 16 home runs at AAA Memphis. I think it makes sense for the Cardinals to start his big league clock and give him experience now, as he most likely takes over in 24 as a starting shortstop. Um, and that was by Schofield as well. And I, I think that Schofield brings up a pretty good point there. With now the young gone, there does leave like another infield spot, and might as well get Mason Wynn because you know yeah, your team's not going to That's the reason right why now. I mentioned so that earlier. I was literally reading off. that. I was literally reading about that. So whenever we were talking about that earlier, and that's why I mentioned when, because they were talking about, you know, bringing him up, which totally made sense. So we'd love to bring him up from AAA. 
I think they probably will bring him up this year, but it's probably not going to be till at least mid-August because I was reading about that. And in order to preserve, in order to be certain that we preserve his rookie eligibility for next season, it would wait. It would make sense to wait a couple more weeks yet before we bring him up. So he doesn't get that many games, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, there's a at bat limit and a game limit. So to make sure he gets nowhere near the at bat limit, you just bring him up, you know, with like a couple of weeks to go in August, something like that. So yeah. in a couple of weeks, but, we probably right. All right. So let's take a look here at the next one. This is uh, talking about the Rangers um, getting the the Montgomery and the Chris Stratton trade. Uh, the Rangers were given an A minus. The Cardinals were given yet another C. Uh, so what was uh, written here was the actual aspect of this trade uh, kind of works. Uh, you have two non-elite uh, pending free agent pitchers. Their two months of remaining production would be a lot more valuable to a contending team than one that uh, began Sunday looking up at the Pirates in the standings. Depending on how you see Roby, 45 uh, FV, which means future value, um, and Saggy's 40 FV, you could see how the math could work in the future value uh, value estimations. The Cardinals have their own ways of making these estimations, and obviously, like Roby and Saggy's, alas, I'm not really uh, that excited about the St. Louis return, called a matter of opportunity cost. In this trade environment, with so many teams hunting for pitchers and so many teams in relative contention, I would have expected a better and differently structured package that offered more upside potential, even if that meant dipping into the rookie complex leagues for a very young wild card type or two. Uh, I don't have a problem with either Roby or Saggies. Um, you need middle of the pro- uh, road prospects, and the Cardinals produce plenty of them. But King, he's a 28 year old lefty reliever who's about to hit arbitration or about to hit arbitration eligibility. Uh, who is what he is at this point. Doesn't miss uh, bats and throws a heavy sinker at 93 to 94 uh, miles per hour that produces a lot of ground balls. For lack of a better term, he's kind of a ham and agar. Uh, The Cardinals have added to their organizational depth, but could have done more. Maybe they could have uh, fashioned a different outgoing package folding in Montgomery and Hicks together in an effort to land one or two prospects with higher ceilings. It is... uh, uh, it is, or as it is, this deal on St. Louis end feels light, and that was by Doolittle, which we know is, you know, he's always talking about the Cardinals and uh, lights or in specific light. So OJ, what, what's your opinion here on what Doolittle says here uh, about this trade with the Rangers? Well, I just wanted. So I, I heard on the radio today they mentioned that the they had the uh, leader, uh, the lead guy on Fangraphs said he loved uh, the Roby. He loves Roby as a prospect. So some people do view him very highly, uh, legitimate people, you know? So it's like they said, depending on how you look at him. Uh, so to me, if you really think Roby's good, which I do, then it's not a bad trade. And I do find it interesting that they mentioned uh, opportunity costs specifically, because it makes me wonder if they're not kind of, uh, zigging when some other people are zagging, or I don't know if they've got some sort of cutting edge thing they're trying or what. So it's interesting. Right. Well, let's get to the last one here. Um, this is uh, the other Blue uh, Blue Jays trade. Uh, for, this is the Jordan Hicks trade. Uh, they gave the Blue Jays a B, a B plus, excuse me, uh, for this one. And for the Cardinals, they gave us a B minus. Um, and this is what they said. The Cardinals are no doubt frustrated that Hicks never really reached his potential in St. Louis with Tommy John surgery, wiping out much of 19 through 21. 
But as he heads into free agency, they were at least able to cash in on his well-timed breakout. They get two starting uh, two starting pitching prospects in AA for a rental reliever. Robors, uh, a 21-year-old native of the Netherlands, has a 4.06 ERA for New Hampshire in 18 starts. He was uh, Kylie McDaniel's number 10 Blue Jay prospect heading into the season with a 45 va- uh, future value grade. Uh, Klofenstein, a 22-year-old right-hander, has slightly outperformed Robos at a AA with a 3.24 ERA and 105 strikeouts in 89 innings. A nice rebound season after struggling in 22 and falling off the prospect, uh, prospect radar. Neither player is a high-ceiling prospect, but both are young, at least with the potential to start and will offer potential rotation depth for next season, which the Cardinals will need. If one of them eventually pans out as a back-end rotational starter, the Cardinals will be very happy. That was, again, by Showfield. Adam, what's your take on this yeah, year? Uh, I'm actually happy with this, honestly, overall, because, I mean, Jordan Hicks just hasn't been that guy for us, honestly. And so if we can get a couple good prospects out of the deal, um, especially this Klofenstein, um, who definitely looks like he's promising. Um, you know, I think this was a good, you know, decent trade, honestly. I, like I said, I feel like it was a, of all of them, I feel pretty good about this. I'm not too sad to see Jordan Hicks go. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially because he just never lived up to that potential. He never he did. It, no, so. he just really didn't. So um, I'm, I'm not going to be upset that he won't be blowing any more games. So there you go. <laughs> Man, uh, let's it. take a look. Yeah, let's take a look here at just our overall thoughts at the trade deadline here. Um, you know, OJ, what's your thoughts on all the trades? And after the dust is now settled with that, you know, what's your thoughts on the on the the trade deadline from uh, from the St. Louis perspective? I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, I really do think that they got some interesting prospects for a bunch of guys that were on expiring contracts, except for like Paul DeYoung, who has team options, which are really nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it, it, you can't really ask for much more than that when you're trading rentals, especially guys that aren't all like top of top dollar guys either. You know, like Jordan Montgomery is by far the best player we traded away. So, yeah, definitely. You know, Adam, what's your what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they were, you know, uh, having to make these moves. I mean, these were pretty predictable that we were going to be getting rid of some of the guys, you know, definitely Montgomery, some of the guys that were, you know, going to be free agents soon. Um, while I feel like we, these weren't necessarily the strongest of trades, I'm not all that surprised, honestly, because, you know, um, it, you know, for me, a lot of these guys coming in, we're going to be younger, going to need some, you know, some, some work, um, they're not going to be ready for the majors by any means. I was hoping for maybe a little bit more blockbuster deal. I was kind of hopeful for it, but let's be honest. I don't think that was going to happen. I think we're all like, didn't expect, I don't think any of us really expected anything big to happen. So it was for me, you know, it was, uh, probably like a B minus, maybe a C plus, you know, sort of, a trade deadline, you know, kind of, kind of deal for me, honestly. I wasn't overly hyped, but I wasn't completely disappointed. So I, I will tell you that I, I didn't like this offseason or this offseason before coming into the season. I definitely didn't really like this trade deadline. Yes, we got some good prospects out of it and stuff like that. But I really do believe that Mo failed to make this team any better 
because now coming into the next off season, we're really going to have to ramp up some stuff. Um, we'll talk about that just in a little bit, but I, I just really think it's kind of funny how like we need pitching help. I get it. We're not going anywhere. So it's really hard to see like, you know, play, teams are not going to give away, you know, veteran players for of course what we not. have anyways, you know what I mean? So I understand no, without giving up a lot, you know? Yeah. Like I understand that completely, but at the same time, it's to me, it's like you traded pitching for pitching, which is okay. Um, but a lot of these pitchers are not going to be ready next year, I don't think. And no, so then you're really going to be hurting again in the offseason trying to find pitchers, which was the exact same fucking situation that we were in coming into this season. Uh, and in a lot of cases, to me, it's worse. So, you know, I, I am not the happiest when it comes to this, but at the same time, I haven't been happy with the Cardinals, period. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of really hard for me because, like, to – it's hard for me to like kind of remove the emotion from it because I had a lot of like hope for this team. I thought that they were going to be okay. I definitely think they needed some starting pitching. And then all of a sudden like, Oh, Hey, look, we needed pitching. Cool. We kind of said that, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, I might be looking at this way more of a darker cloud than a lot of people, but it's just kind of my opinion on it. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I don't know. Most of these prospects probably are more uh, 2025 type people. So at best, yeah. Like I said, I do think there's a few you could maybe see up in the majors next year at some point. But uh, yeah, I mean, really, none of those blockbuster trades usually get done at the deadline. It's usually something you do in the Mm -hmm. off season, especially when you're doing like player for player swaps. Like if we could have, you know, for instance, traded a Tyler O'Neill for uh, a pitcher or something straight up. That's the kind of thing that's probably going to happen in the off season. So. yeah. I still can see. I mean, there's also free agency out there too in the off season. So mm-hmm. sign a couple guys, trade for a couple guys. You know, you can make things happen pretty quick. Like I said, I think this does a pretty good job of bolstering their farm system, even though they're not. Most of them aren't really top prospects, and some people think Roby is, some people don't. Whatever. I think that a lot of these guys have chance. They got a lot of guys that have chances to be significant contributors. So that's that's for a sure. fine return for me. Like I said, I mean, I wouldn't give it an A plus, but I mean, a B B plus is that's probably my range on it. Yeah, I, I I I'm a little more optimistic than Josh is here, but I also see the point that I think we're going to have more opportunities too. That it's you know while this season is a wash for sure. But looking into next season, we're going to have a few more opportunities to make moves. And and I guess I'm a little more optimistic that we can make that happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think the reason why I'm not as optimistic is because Mo hasn't been able to make those moves. And so, like, and that actually, let's just, you know, progress it to the, like, the next thing that I wanted to talk sure. about was should Mo be fired? Because I know that it has been a lot of conversation, not just with me. Obviously, I'm, I'm very negative with it. But just in, in, you know, for the Redbird Nation here, a lot of people are calling for his head. Um, well before, obviously, the trade deadline and stuff like that as well. Um, so, mm. you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of just go into it and kind of like my opinion on it. You know, looking at Mosellox, I mean, he's been with us for what, like 15 years or it's been longer than that, I think, since the 2009. So 14 so years. Jockety, I guess. So those days. So that's been yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah, and Walsh Jockey was amazing. You know, he brought Larry Walker. Yeah. He brought a lot of other yeah. talent stuff. Now, Mazalok is 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 gotten some positive stuff. I mean, he got Matt Holiday in a trade in 09. 
he was signed Lance Berkman and remember a lot of people didn't like Berkman until obviously he played really well for us, especially in the world series. And obviously he got Goldie and Arenado, but the problem with it is he's also got a lot of negatives, right? So it was pretty much a lot of people were saying it was a done deal that we were going to get Juan Soto. Then he wasn't willing to give up Dylan Carlson. That has almost been confirmed, essentially confirmed, but not confirmed by people. Um, which is kind of funny because it's like, why? But whatever. Uh, also, the Matt Leak signing back in 16, depends if you guys remember that, signed a package. huge contract. It depends what the rest of the package was on that. Like, yeah, he didn't want to I, add Dylan Carlson to whatever the package was for Juan Soto. But it's not like he wouldn't trade Dylan Carlson for Juan Soto straight up. Well, yeah, but that's that, that was not the conversation that was being had. He said that – go ahead. I'm just saying, if we're listing like facts or whatever, let's try and be fair about it. Then that's all. Well, for sure, but and I understand that, but like again, look, look, yeah, it's if he was going for it straight up, obviously he would have taken that, you know, obviously hands down. But it was Brandon Donovan for the trade that was presented. It was Brandon Donovan. It was uh, Matthew Libertor. It was uh, not Tank Hints, but it was Gressifo. It was uh, and it was Dylan Carlson. That was the trade that was presented, and he said he didn't want to trade Dylan Carlson. They tried it differently with trading out uh, Tank Hints for Grisafo, as well as I think Donovan for Edmund, and they still wanted uh, Carlson. He said, "I'm not trading Carlson." So that's why, again, that's and again, this is all hearsay because you're never going to know exactly what those conversations yeah. were said. This is just from stuff that was heard around. Um, it's a lot more than that. Like they wanted Walker and Win and you know and more and more and more. It's like it sounded ridiculous. I I don't think that's true at all because they didn't even get that return from the of uh, from the Padres. You know what I mean? They didn't get that type of return from the Padres at all. So I don't think I don't that's know. true. And again, we'll never. Know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to stack up their people against ours, honestly. Yeah. So. Well, I was just saying for like, because the Padres, if I remember correctly, going into because that was a, a huge topic of discussion, was that they still held on to like their like their top three prospects, which obviously for us would have been Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, and I, I don't know if it would have been maybe Tank Hintz or Grisafo. I don't know like where it would you know be in relation um, for us, but obviously you would have to say for like our top two prospects are Jordan Walker, who's now here, and definitely Mason Wynn. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. Um. But anyways, get, getting back to my point, though, is like, you know, Mo signs Matt Leak and, you know, he lasted half a season. That was a massive contract. Uh, also, Brent Cecil, everybody kind of forgets that he signed Brent Cecil to be our like closer in 2017. That really sucks. Uh, the Azuna trade, it, even though Azuna kind of picked it up a little bit, he never really panned out. But we gave up for that trade. Sandy uh, uh, Alicantra and Zach Gallen and, you know, Alicantra just won a Cy Young Gallup, excuse me, went to the all-star game this year and has had a phenomenal season. Um, yeah. Take a look at his inability and uh, not to give up Matt Carpenter, um, you know, continue to try to sign him and keep him around forever and like keep him on the roster too, even though he was bringing us down um, also like dealing or, or uh, Rosarena and Garcia as well. Um now, granted, that's because he believed that we had a very good outfield, and on paper we did. But, you know, Arena is just absolutely destroying, you know, baseball right now. Garcia's done pretty well as well. So, like, there's a – I mean, and you can say that for any, any GM. It's super hard to be a GM, as we know. It's the reason why we're sitting here just, you know, having a podcast about it and we're not GMs ourselves. 
But for me, I think that Mo is just kind of lost the ability to be able to make the right decision for what the the Cardinals need. I mean, yes, he got, went out and got Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras has been an absolute nightmare this year. I don't think anybody expected that, but it's, you know, some of the blame has to fall on the GM. It can't just be the player. It, it, just be the it coach, does, you know for mean? sure, especially for a GM, and I am going to cut into Bo here a little bit, a GM that I think has um, really kind of holds his managers like he kind of micromanages them from what, from, mm-hmm. from what I understand, and it can be kind of toxic towards the managers. So while a lot of people are putting this on Ali, I equally blame, you know, uh, a lot of these decisions by Mo as well. You know, while he did have a lot of success initially, I think that a lot of decisions, especially in the, you know, since like, um, you know, probably like 2013, 2014 in there, probably like under the Mike Matheny days and on were when we started to really veer off. And I think that he's been hiring managers recently that are inexperienced and low salary, you know, and he wants to kind of control them to a certain extent, you know, or at least not question him, you know. Right, exactly. And to your point there, Adam, is I also believe that Ali is a very big yes man. You know, I think we yeah, talked about that he as well. Is. And so. I think that that's what he wants because look what he did to Schilt. He, you know, yeah. Schilt didn't have a horrible record, but he came in thinking that was, oh man, don't even get me started, but thinking he was going to get a contract extension and instead basically says, yeah, this isn't going to go the way you think it is. And then just fires yeah. him, you know, because yeah. Schilt was questioning some of his decisions and he doesn't want that. Yeah, he wants to. Yes. OJ, you're going to say something. So anyway. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> to me, it depends how much you like the uh, offensive transformation we've undergone, because uh, he wants to do the same thing to the pitching, basically. I mean, for a while there, we had good pitching and we had just a terrible, boring offense. We were lucky to score enough runs to win games. And so they brought in Jeff Albert and they instituted a system throughout our entire system, a new uh, hitting system and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, now all of a sudden we get all these great prospects and everything. Yeah, it's drafting, but it's developing too. So we got all these guys that all of a sudden are like stud players and our offense looks incredible. Well, now he's basically admitted that he realizes his old way of doing things was wrong. And so he needs to change the way he does it. So if they if he tries to do like a similar thing with the pitching, I would say hang on to him because I think he did a good job with revamping the hitting. So. Yeah, but also I think that some of that has to do with the fact that, you know, let's be honest, there's been baseball has been taken away from the pitcher a lot for more offense, no more shifts. Um, you know, the, uh, obviously, you know, bases are a little bit bigger and stuff like that pitch clocks, which is really messed up a lot of pitchers in, in a sense too. Um, you know, there's been talks that they potentially are going to bring in the, um, the outfield walls, which I don't know how far those discussions are. Please let's not do that. Like, come on, we don't need a home run every other at bat, you know, right. You know what I mean? Like, come on, like, this is going to be ridiculous at that point. I mean, these, these games like, are getting already ridiculous. Did you not see, I mean, not to you know, take a left turn here, but did you see that the Cubs literally had like between the last two games, like the record amount of runs ever scored, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. no, I, we don't need more. That's what I'm saying. Right now. 
Jesus. And then what it's going to turn into, Adam, it's going to turn in the NFL where uh, a defensive back. Like, again, everything that I was taught as a defensive back, you can't even do anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you you literally have to almost let the guy catch the ball. And yeah, then, like, as, the, like, as their touch hands him. touch the football, then mm-hmm. hit them as hard as you possibly can to hopefully and knock hope them out. Knock them but out, they have yeah. gloves that, you know, have to stick them on them, essentially. So <laughs> that ain't happening. Yeah. So anyways, um, you know, so I, I do think that some of that has, you know, something to do with that as well. Not saying that he, you know, everything that he's implemented to your point, OJ, is, you know, from, oh, well, the rules have changed. I don't think that's, you know, it's not well, all of that. But I definitely think that some of it could potentially just, be a credit to that. So That's what I'm saying. That's just this year. They had a top five offense last year. We went into this season mm-hmm. with such high hopes because of all the stud position players we've got. And part of that is because of Jeff Albert's, uh, what his program that he installed in their system. And it was all Mosaic's idea. So you got to mm-hmm. give some major credit for that, you know? Well, I guess <laughs> ultimately sure. at the end of the day, it's going to be, you know, DeWitt making that decision. And obviously he's right. looking at it from a money perspective. And if the product stinks and the organization is starting to stink, he's going to take action. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. yeah. And for me, like Mo is going to have to have a monstrous offseason. You know what I mean? He's going to have to make these trades uh, for better starting pitching or go out and sign starting pitching, whatever it has. And I just don't think he has that ability mm-hmm. right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I'll add to that is that uh, I'm starting to think that Randy Arozarena is like the most overrated player of all time. <laughs> People talk about him like he's a freaking like he's Babe Ruth or something. <laughs> like the you know for career over their career. Lars Newtbar has a higher OPS than Randy Arozarena does. Like the dude came up and had a monster half a season and postseason, and he's been like a pretty good outfielder since then. But that's it. He's basically, as a matter of fact, before this season, I don't think he put up more war than any of the outfielders we kept. But people still go on and on about not having Randy Arozarena on our team. He's like, why? <laughs> he literally went on a la- 20 at bat uh, hitless streak as well, too. So, you know, just saying. Yeah. I just bring some perspective so, to that thing. I, I was don't gonna think say, it's not even really great. strike against Mosaic. So, some of the, I just wanted to say, like, some of the points you brought up could be argued, even. So. Well, for I, sure. Yeah. And again, it's all, yeah, opinion. You know yeah, what right. I mean? So, for sure. But, uh, well, there's yeah, something so, that's going to have to change because otherwise, I mean, they're going to have to because they're really struggling. You know, like I said, just to go back to the point about, you know, the product is they're going to re- they're going to continue to struggle, you know, with viewership and bringing people in because, you know, last year they could, you know, ride the coattails of, you know, with Molina and pools and all this, all this excitement with Wayno. But if you can, as you've been seeing this season, you know. <laughs> they're giving away tickets a hell of a lot cheaper now and the viewership just isn't as high and it's going to continue to decline. So they're going to have to make some changes for sure. If they want to continue to, you know, I understand this is one season, but our organization has taken a toll, you know, as far as our reputation for sure. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of hopeful that they will. Uh, I'm kind of hopeful that that means they'll spend some money this season. Well, you would hope, right? And I know that the whole Bally's thing kind of screwed them over, too. I get it. But they need to spend some money, you know? Yeah. If they don't spend a decent amount of money to get at least a couple good starters this Dude. season, I will be very worried about Fans are going to revolt, you know? Yeah. And, and let's be honest. There, there's plenty of 
Go ahead, go ahead. I'm saying no one wants them to be like the Tampa Rays, you know, like I think they want to emulate those guys a little bit as far as like the front office and stuff like that works, which mm-hmm. is fine. They have a, a great front office. I'm, I'm happy with that, but that doesn't mean you also spend like them. You know, if you have, if you put their front office with the New York Yankees, I don't know that they would ever not win a world series. I mean, obviously there's a lot of luck involved in it, but like they would always have absolute stuff. Yeah. So like, my point is you can be very good if you spend money and have a smart front office. So I'm hopeful yeah. that they're not trying to like, oh, well, you know, we can get all the production we need for a fraction of the cost. Let's just save a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, because look at, uh, the you know, when we took a, when we took the World Series, let's actually take a look at the last four World Series that we went to. Right. 2004 was the best to me, the best Cardinals team that's ever been put on paper that did not win the World Series. You know what I mean? When you have Larry Walker, a Hall of Fame home run hitter, batting second in your lineup, that's pretty ridiculous. Tony Walmack, Larry Walker, then uh, Albert Pujols, Scott Rowland, Jim Edmonds, Edgar Renteria is batting sixth in that yeah. lineup. I mean, God, I would really, love, I would like, kill to have that back. Yeah, oh, by the way, they still had Reggie Sanders too, who's batting seventh. God, you know what I mean? Then Yadier Molina, like, good lord. Yeah, the team is, I like, would kill ridiculous. to have that lineup. Five was also good. Of course, and then, uh, two, Yachty was a black hole. In no four, Yachty was a black hole yeah. offensively. So, <laughs> yeah, and actually, it was uh, Matheny in 2004. But yeah, it's I always forget that. I think he was he might have been up, or did he start? I don't remember. But you know, Matheny was still you know decent too at the time. I think, he, but uh, yeah, I don't remember. If it was I open. can't remember, but yeah. But it, regardless, in 2006, we also had a, a you know a team that we we put a lot of money towards, especially in the pitching staff. 2011 was a team that again was bal- uh, balanced on offense. We gave a lot of money to some of these mm-hmm. other uh, you know some of the other guys against Lance Berkman stuff like that. But our pitching staff was very well compensated. 2013 was almost the exact same thing, obviously minus uh, Albert Pujols, but we had money into it. And now when you look at the team, when you look at like the diamond, the starting, like starting nine, you go, okay, look at first and third. That's where the money's at. Because I don't feel like there's money anywhere else. Well, besides, you know, prayers now. Um, but at the same time, you know, I just feel that we're going to have to have that, but we need to be smart about it as well. You know what I mean? Yep. As you said, OJ. Yes. But, you know, take and we've kind of talked about it, but taking a look at the offseason, you know, we're going to need starting pitching because let's let's take a look at it. We know that we know is going to be retiring or we probably won't sign him again because he's just been so bad. But you lost uh, Flaherty, you lost yeah, Montgomery. He's, so he's coming, retiring. Yeah. So you only have Miles Michaelis and then what, Steven Matz, you know, as, as your as your starting five from this prior season. And Matt's has been mm-hmm. terrible. So, and Lab, uh, Libertor has been terrible. So, like, all these trades that you just made for, like, future pitching and stuff like that, that all makes sense to me if you know that Grisifo and Tank Kent are going to be here next year. But they're not. <laughs> so, you know, you're going to have to make some serious, serious improvements to the starting rotation, for sure. Oh, yeah, there's definitely opinion. more work to do, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody agrees with you there. They're going to have to be busy for sure. And that's what I'm saying. I'm really hopeful that DeWitt will actually give Moselak some real some real bullets to use, some some cash to spend in free agency because mm-hmm. we can definitely supplement a lot of our staff through the free agency. And then we also have plenty of guys to use for trades for some more. So we definitely have options. It can be done. Right. 
just going to have to be a very big off season uh, for the Cardinals. You know, again, a lot of a lot of talks again. What do we do with catching? Um, and you know, outfield as well because you know outfield was just decimated this year, obviously with injuries and stuff like that as well. But it's just going to be interesting to see what ends up happening with the Zaylock. Um, and hopefully he is able to spend the money. Uh, but you know, if he's still there too, uh, who knows what's going to end up happening? But it's going to be very interesting and very critical off season uh, for for Mizalock and Dewitt, to be honest with you. So yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, let's transition here and uh, talk a little bit uh, before we sign off here about the Women's World Cup. Uh, so I got some updates here. Um, there is, we are now in the round of 16. Uh, so there's only 16 teams left out of the 32 that started. Switzerland won Group A. They'll be taking on uh, Group C uh, runner-up in Spain. Should be a pretty good game there. Netherlands uh, won our group, which was Group E. Um, <clears throat> they're taking on the runner-up, which is South Africa. Um, which was out of Group G. Group C's winner, which is Japan, will face Norway, which is Group A's runner-up. Uh, then Sweden, who won Group G, is facing the United States, which we know we finished as a runner-up in Group E. Group E was won by Australia. They're facing Denmark uh, as the Group D runner-up. Uh, France won the Group F. Uh, they'll be taking on Group H runner-up in uh, oh my God, Morocco. Uh uh, and then England uh, won Group D. They're taking on Nigeria and as a Group B runner-up. And then Colombia won Group H. Uh, and they'll be taking on Group F runner-up in Jamaica. So, guys, Team USA um, did not look very good, especially these past two no. games, right? They 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 got well, goals against Vietnam. Uh, then they tie, they get a 1-1 draw in the, uh, against the Netherlands. Now, the second half was way more impactful because Haran got pissed off. Um, and thank God for Haran in that uh, in that game. They had a lot more opportunities, but definitely you know couldn't capitalize it. But then Portugal almost knocked us out of the World Cup. I mean, mm-hmm. literally in in the second minute of stoppage time, a ball hits the post and a free run. By the way, hits the post and it luckily gets out of danger zone and literally goes like towards the side because if not, they could have potentially scored on the rebound as well. Um, it does not look very good for Team USA. So what, what are you guys' thoughts yeah. so far on their performance? In the game? You mentioned the two games, even the third game, which the first game, which was against Vietnam. While Vietnam, we did yeah. win it 3 nothing, we were talking about it the other day, Josh, is that even that game, we really like let the, you know, um, let our foot off, off the pedal there. Yeah, mm-hmm. we let our foot off the pedal on that. Like we should have blown them out of the water and 3 3-0. Uh, Vietnam was disappointing to say the least, because obviously we we're you know, we're looking for goal differentials. So I just want to make that point. So I'm, this team just does not look like the team that we've seen the past couple, you know, World Cups for sure. And uh, I think we're not if we continue the, the track that we're on, uh, we're going to be knocked out uh, in this next round, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, yeah, they just don't look sharp in the attack. Not at all. Zone. I mean, and we've only won one of the three games, and that was against freaking Vietnam. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, Jesus Christ, and we almost lost that game, uh, you know, with Portugal. So, mm-hmm. God, that's scary as hell, man. For sure. You know, OJ, then, what's, your, what's your thoughts yeah, here? On, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead Adam. No, I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> OJ, what's your thoughts on Team USA so far in the World Women's World Cups? Yeah, definitely underperforming. I guess maybe got a little complacent. I don't know. I, mean, I doubt that was it, but I guess when you're the best for long enough, you can start to take things for granted, especially like early stages of tournaments and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, might be they got. I do believe that. And I think that to, to that point, OJ, that some of that I think is, you know, you have a lot of younger, younger women in this right now. You know, Megan or Rabino is coming off the bench. Um, you know, like Carly Lloyd is no longer there. And Carly, and so I gotta say this too. So Carly Lloyd ripped, ripped into Team USA, right? Um, it, you know, publicly saying that the the effort's not there. They're lucky to be even be here right now. They just look terrible. And you have, you know, Haran who is the leader or the captain of the team. And a lot of other team USA people are just like, yeah, that's just noise. And even the coaches like, yeah, like I, she shouldn't be saying stuff like that. These, this is her prior, like her teammates and stuff like that, blah, 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 blah. And I look at it going, guys, you don't even see what she's doing. She's mm-hmm. trying to light a fire, fire in your ass up. because this is how she won three world cups. And yep. right now it ain't getting it done because we, so we literally, Almost lost to Portugal, which was the 12th, if I remember, or 15th ranked team in the world. We're now facing Sweden, the number three team in the world, who, by the way, won all three of their games, looked great, and by the way, did beat us 3-0 in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, it's it's not looking very good on that aspect of things. We have to come out fired up, and we got to prove, prove a point. If we, if we come out and we play our game, we beat Sweden – three one or even two one if we beat sweden and we and we feel comfortable in that game okay cool team usa is back now you start feeling more comfortable going into it it's only going to get harder from here though you know what i mean yeah um, sweden it might is. Be your biggest challenge you know when you look at it on paper especially because germany which is the number two team out didn't even make it past groups that's freaking crazy but regardless it's going to get more and more like it, the pressure is just going to get amplified um, so you got to be able to continue to win. And that's my thing about this is in this form, can they win? I don't think they can because I've watched the, the, the I've watched all three of these games and it looked like crap, you know, even to your point, Adam, you know, against the game Vietnam, I, a lot of people are like, Oh, they just took their foot off. I don't even think that they really took their foot off. They just weren't able to capitalize on the offensive opportunities. Their passing has looked absolutely horrendous. Their decision-making has been very bad and they've been incredibly weak defensively especially through the middle yeah i agree and you know let's face it we you know we uh you know we were used to you know being able to go in there and dominate but these newer you know these younger women are coming up you know around the world and you know they're showing that they're real contenders and you know it's, it's not going to be a walk in the park for us like it used to be. So, yeah, I do believe that the FIFA rankings will are going to change as they change all the time. Oh yeah, but I think the FIFA, I think the FIFA, especially if we lose uh, the Sweden, the FIFA, we will not be the number one team in the world, and that will be the first time in like 15 years that the women's mm-hmm. United States team has not been the number one team in the FIFA rankings. So. It's going to be interesting, but they're they're playing for a legacy, and it's um, on Sunday night uh, or a Sunday morning. So it's Saturday going into Sunday at four a.m. So hope you guys are got your coffee for that game. <laughs> I was going to say I don't even I don't know if I want to watch. I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be nervous about that one for sure because I'm not feeling good about it. But I'm hoping that they prove me wrong. Exactly, it's one of those things just prove me wrong and. Yeah, I was going to say. We go from there. Certainly not looking good for it, for for sure. So, no, it's it's not. All right, guys, 
Well, let's go ahead and head to the sign off here. Adam, why don't you tell the nice listeners here what they got, what our socials are and how they can reach out to us. Our lovely listeners can always hit us up at facebook.com slash the hometown losers, L-O-U-S-E-R-S. Um, check us out, like us, share us, comments, uh, post memes, harass us, tell yeah. us how much you, uh, you know, think that Josh's opinion is totally wrong, that he's too uh, pessimistic and he just needs to love the Cardinals. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. Or you exactly. can always, you know, trash talk uh, OJ over there on Twitter and say, dude, you're so full of it. You you have no idea what you're talking about. We are so done. This team is over with on Twitter.com slash hometown losers. Oh, by the way, uh, it's not called Twitter <laughs> anymore. It's called X. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. X.com slash hometown losers. How weird. Like. I can't X. wait for him to just unplug. Actually, I just tried that and it totally worked. Right. I went to x.com slash hometown losers and it went to our uh or went to our site. Holy shit. So you I got crazy, X. But... You got x.com. Well, dude, so back in the day, not to go on off this topic, but he owned x.com, Elon Musk did for years, and it used to go to paypal.com, and I remember that because mm-hmm. it used to be called X before, you know, PayPal was a thing. Yeah. He actually bought the dude, domain that's... back. He used to own it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And Elon. It's going to say yeah, OJ uh Oh, go on, go on, go on, Adam. I was going to say, I was, of course, just kidding. We love the commentators' uh, opinions here on the call, on the show. Just, you know, had to For give sure. you trouble. <laughs> okay, We'd love to hear uh, the game of the game week, of the though. Week? Yeah, what's your game of the week, oh. uh So the only, about the only interesting one I can find is uh, Sunday, Cardinals versus Rockies at Bush Stadium. 1.15 p.m., Austin Gomber is going up against TBD. <laughs> TBD. Let's go, TBD. <laughs> yep. I heard he's an up-and-coming prospect. Exactly. Who did we trade for TBD again? Cross <laughs> our fingers that TBD is somebody they call it from the Myers that we haven't seen before. That'll Let's be go, TBD. End of the week. All right. <laughs> I'll Alrighty. be sure to tune in. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, as always, it's uh, awesome talking St. Louis sports with you, um, especially since we have a lot to talk about with the Cardinals. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll continue uh, to talk about that, especially when we get closer and closer to the offseason and how that's going to turn out for the Cardinals as well as the Blues and other teams here uh, in St. Louis. So appreciate everybody on the, uh, that listens. Uh, catch, uh, catch us next week here on the Hometown Losers podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Hey, this is Josh. Thanks for checking out and tuning in to the Hometown Losers podcast. Check us out next week as we continue our silliness and talk a little bit about the St. Louis sports scene. Catch you next week.